0: Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. If you will, stand with me for the reverence of reading God's Word all over the house. Coming to you tonight out of Genesis chapter 50. Genesis chapter 50. Turn to somebody tell them, it's good to see you here tonight. Now turn to the person you would have felt awkward saying that to and say it to them. It's good to see you here tonight. Amen. Amen. I do want you to know that this church is on fire. But it's also hot as fire in here right now. That's because of your incredible amount of praise and worship has went up, and God has sent the fire down in the sanctuary. Um, just in the old church, they just did right there, like what Rev Bev's doing go ahead and steal somebody's pocketbook. The, the team is working on the AC right now, looking, trying to get that figured out. But guess what? I'm glad that we ain't here to be comfortable. And I know that I've been in foreign missions. I've been in, in, the, in the jungles of Brazil, and I've seen families that gathered around windows because the building was too packed out, and it was 120 heat index, and they stood there for a three-hour service. So any pansies in America that want to complain because it's 75 degrees in here, I'm just telling you, don't pout. You won't get no sympathy. Genesis chapter 50, standing for the reverence of reading God's word. Verse 25 says, Then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel, or from the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. In verse 26, and so Joseph died being 110 years old and they emboldened him and he was put in a coffin in egypt father we thank you for your word we thank you for hearts and minds God that will be renewed challenged sharpened encouraged strengthened corrected and convicted even by the live living powerful word of God indeed this is the word of God the very word of God spoken from you into our hearts and into our minds and into our lives men died and bled for this word to be kept and preached upon these shores and the shores of every nation. Father, as your word declares, every nation, every tongue, every tribe. Father, we thank you tonight that as we gather around your word, God, we will be indeed strengthened, but we will also be uh, built up in our faith, the most holy faith, the faith that you have called us to live in accordance to, to the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, we give thanks, and give honor to your name. In Jesus' name, and the church said... Amen and amen. I want to teach you tonight on on a concept of three attitudes of faith, and I I I want to stop for a moment before I even get any more forward and just tell you that I believe that as a body of believers, God is challenging our faith, and I believe, and I want to speak even prophetically to you that I believe the next season of the church is going to require an Immeasurable amount of faith, an incredible amount of faith. I believe that there is a pressing for the blessing. I believe that God is calling His church out of the boat. I want to speak continually, prophetically, and let you know that in this season, I believe that there will be those that want to sit in the boat, but there will be those that are willing to walk on water. They will be water walkers, not just water talkers. God is done with a church talking about Peter walking on the water, and He's looking for for a church that says, I walked on water too. Come on, somebody. I believe that the hour of faith is upon us. The Bible said that without faith, it is impossible. Somebody say that word, impossible to please God. The Bible said without faith, it is impossible to please God. So how do we live a life that is pleasing to God? We live a life pleasing to God by living one in accordance to faith. And Hebrews 11 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen what does that mean that means that faith is a measure of living that you are going to walk by faith and not by sight it will not be for what you have but, but for what you believe is coming is there anybody in this house that is hoping for something believing for something has not seen it yet but no it's on the way because god said it's on the way See, the hour that the church is living in. I, I truly believe that. That there is going to be an increased measure of faith in the body of Christ. And why? Because faith pleases God. And if faith pleases God and God is pleased, and then, then the blessings and the overflow of God begin to flow. Where God is pleased, there is an abundance of things and presence and miracles and supernatural becomes natural. Where God is pleased. But God is only pleased in a realm called faith and so we got to be a people that live by faith we don't get to live by what we see we have to live in an accordance to what we don't see but what God has spoken and many times you will find out that what God has spoken you will be required to live in the complete contrary of it you you, you, you want to be blessed. You feel like the blessing of God is on your life and you're wondering why you're filing bankruptcy. They just told you three months ago, man, you've got an anointing. You've got a calling on your life. You're going to preach. Two weeks later, the doctor prophesied to you in this tongue of death that you've got stage four cancer and you're going to die. See, that is the walk that we walk. It, it, it's an understanding that God has never called us to walk by sight. And quite often it will be that when when promises and prophecies come forward in our life, the atmosphere will shift to look like the complete opposite because God is asking you, are you going to walk by what you see or are you going to walk by what I say? And, and, and I just need to speak to some people in the house tonight that you you have been praying and you've been dreaming and you've been prophesied over one thing but you feel like you're living in the complete opposite and you're wondering why i came to tell you that it is your faith in action it is your faith being demanded that god is not asking you to walk by what you see he's asking you to walk in accordance to what he said and some of y'all wonder why you face in hell but you were prophesied heaven i came to tell you because faith is alive and is working in you and through you In order to walk in the promises of God, the prophecies of God concerning your life, you'll never just step into them. (laughs) You'll never fall into a life that just pleases God. (laughs) All right. It will come in accordance to faith and obedience. How do you walk into a life of of, of of prophecy being fulfilled in your life? Promises of God that were spoken over your life years ago coming to fulfillment. You won't fall into it. You will obediently by faith begin to walk in them. Come on, let me talk to some people that there's been some prophecies spoken over your life. There's been some people that shared a word of knowledge, a word of faith. Maybe you read a scripture one time and it leapt off the page and you knew that God etched that word for you and and the plans that he had for you. But then all of a sudden it seemed like everything began to fall apart. Can I tell you it's because God is allowing you to activate your faith. You will never activate your faith in a place called complacency, but your faith will only be required. when when you cannot walk by what you see you don't get to walk by how it feels you get to walk in the face of the haters you get to walk in the face of rejection you got to walk through losing the job you got to walk through losing the marriage come on somebody and God said regardless of what you walk through I'm going to walk through it with you and you'll see that I am with you I'm for you and not against you something that must be determined right now in your faith is that you have got to believe what God has said about you rather than what the opinions of others are. Let me help somebody tonight. You'll never walk in the measure of faith that God has called you to as long as you're concerned about the opinions of others. It will not happen as long as you worry about the naysayers, the hatersayers, whatever sayers they are, but you've got to be focused on what God has said. Sometimes you'll look crazy. Sometimes you'll look like a fool. When they're oh, my God. Woo! I'm telling you, when they told you that that, that that you would never make it, but all of a sudden here you are six months later, and you making it. Jericho and Derek, when they said that the children would never talk, but you kept praising him anyway. And now all of a sudden there's an utterance coming from your mouth. Sometimes you gotta live in the face and the words of others to say, I I'm going to believe what God said. See, but often the promises of God will be contrary to the opinions of others and you'll have to decide to believe that you are somebody that's going to do something for God someday. Regardless of what everything in your life says, you have to believe what God says about you. If you're going to have an attitude of faith, then you've got to understand it's going to be in the face of the opinions of others. Can I tell you that God's finger is always pointing towards your future? (laughs) See, it's never to your failure. People do that. It's never to your faults. Naysayers will do that. It's never to your fear. The devil will do that. It's never to your fumblings. People do a good job of showing you every time you've dropped the ball. But God's finger is always pointed towards your future. matter of fact, Jeremiah said it this way in 29-11. He said, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Why? Why a future? Because his finger is always pointed towards it. The Bible says from the very beginning, Before you were formed, before you were fashioned, he knew you. Before you were even uh, even but a thought in the membrane of your family, he knew you. He knew your name. The Bible says that he knows the very number of hair upon your head. And if he watches over every sparrow, how much more is his eye upon the child of God? If he sees the ant, how much more does he see the son and daughters of God? If his eyes are on the cattle, but how much more is he watching? over you if he's concerned every time it rains and every time the sun shines how much more is he watching over your future to make sure that everything line upon line precept upon precept he who knew your end from the beginning comes back in Romans 8 and 28 and begins to work it all together for the good because you love him and you're called according to his purpose This is the God that we serve who is focused by his finger upon my future. The Bible says that he watches over his word to perform it. When he said that you would be great, he didn't just say it. He watched that word great come out of his mouth. And then he allowed everything in your life to transpire that would cause your identity to begin to be thrusted towards greatness. Can I tell you that greatness don't always feel great. Doesn't mean that it's not a part of greatness. Ask Joseph. It was from the pit, but first betrayal to be trying to be killed by his very own blood brothers, thrown into a pit only to be sold into slavery and from there taken into a palace that he would be lied upon and it would be there that his character would be judged and thrown into prison and only there the gift of God would cause a dream of interpretation to arise him again from the bottom of the life, from the bottom of the pit, from the bottom of the prison to be raised up to the second highest official in all of the land because God said, Joseph, I got got a plan for you I got a future for you it may not always feel good it may not always look good but regardless of how it works realize that I'm the one working behind the scene even when you can't see me I'm still at work that is a life of faith that even when you can't see him even when you can't feel him even when you pray and you feel like it doesn't go three feet in front of you that God is still God and he's not backed up he has not relinquished he has not withdrawn his word that he has spoken over your life. Let me speak to your faith tonight and tell you that God's finger is always pointed towards your future. I was sent here tonight to remind somebody that your promise is bigger than your problems. I'm going to say it again. You can write it down. That your promise is bigger than your Problems. See, the Bible is full of God's promises. The Bible declares that his promises are yes and amen. He has a plan, he has a promise, and he has a purpose for your life. And regardless of what the process looks like, it does not null, it does not void, it never distinguishes the promise of God over your life. And regardless of what you're facing, I came to tell you that you need to quit facing it and start faithing it. I said, stop facing it and start faithing it. Start believing like the three Hebrews, that though they were thrown in the fire, There was a fourth man in there and he was unlike the Son of God walking in the midst of it because they had to go through it. But they didn't just go facing it, they went faithing it. They said, even if we do die, we ain't bowing down and worshiping your God. God's promises are non-perishable. You know, I want to share this, a word that God just gave me this morning in my time. I was studying this morning, and I was just reading through some of Exodus and and just studying up on Israel, and that's where God really began to birth this word. But God shared this word with me this morning. I put it on Facebook, that his promises are non-perishable. And as I was meditating on that, you know, I've seen news lines lately that there is a shortage of non-perishable food items because people are stocking up because they see things that are transpiring in the nation and they're being concerned. Eggplants being burned down. Food plants being burned down. Sabotage. Call it whatever you want. I'll call it fulfillment of the end times prophecy. The Bible said when you see these things, look up for your redemption draws nigh. He came one day on a donkey, but this time he's coming on a horse. This old boy ain't scared. I'm getting excited because it's the church's finest hour to begin to live by faith. I believe there's a day you call me crazy but I believe there's coming a day where families don't have meal in the refrigerator but by faith they'll set a plate on the table and they'll begin to pray and like God sent bread for Israel he'll send it for his people I believe that in the last days his people will not go without anything there will be no lack whoo But God's promises are non perishable. I'm so glad that I don't go to the cabinet of my faith. And words like no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. I'm so glad that when I go to reach for it, it doesn't say perished or or out of date. My God, it's still today as true as it was yesterday. And it'll be true forevermore. Heaven and earth may pass away, but my word will endure forever. Whoa, even until the end of the days, the age. I'm with you, he said. And so in a world that is clinging for things that are non-perishable, there is nothing more non-perishable than the Word of God and His promises. Jesus said, I've been eating meat that you know not of. You're looking for earthly food, but my Father's been filling me with something that steaks and potatoes can't fulfill. I got something in my belly that's got a food It's filling me more than anything in this earth can. Hallelujah. And so his promises are non-perishable. They don't come with an expiration date. And as I was meditating, I, I, I just had this word. It said, you may be delayed and you may, be de- you have, may have denied. You may even have doubted. doubted but God's promises never die. Come on, let me talk to the one that's delayed. Let me talk to the one that's doubting. Let me talk to the one that's denying. It doesn't matter what you've done because God's promises do not, will not die. There is nothing you can do. If God said it, it will be. If God said it, it... I, I, I got to chase this rabbit real quick. See, that's the problem with churchology in comparison to Kingdom. Because truth be told, in church, religious leaders a lie. But in the kingdom, when a king decrees a thing, it's law. Jesus is the king of big K. He's the lord of big L. Jesus, if, is he, if he is the king of kings, which I believe him to be, so, then when he says something. And the law of the king is, is once a word is decreed, it can never be nulled and void. Otherwise, the king's word is no longer law. And everything the king established, he establishes by his mouth. Here we go. Here we go. And if everything that he establishes, he establishes by his mouth. When God spoke promises, he can never go back on his word. He said man can lie, but God never can lie. God is not man that he shall be able to lie. There's not a lie in God. People say my God can do anything. No, he can't, bro. Because there's one thing I know he can't do. He cannot lie. But here's some encouragement. Israel delayed the promised land by wandering for 40 days. It should have only took them a few days to arrive. Israel denied God as they sat up their idols of their golden calf at the bottom while Moses went to the top of the hill. And there uh, it was also that Israel doubted God as they mourned and longed to be back in Egypt. They were delaying. They were doubting and they were denying but God had spoke something in Genesis 50 uh, through a prophetic utterance of Joseph that said, God shall surely visit you, and, and, and he's going to take you out. He's going to lead you. There is a land with milk and honey, and, and, and regardless in the days ahead, you may deny him, you may doubt him, and you may even delay, but what God said shall surely come to pass. Your delaying, your doubting and denying, cannot cause the word of God to die. If he said it, then it's law and it shall be. God's promise never expired. Joshua 21 and verse 43. It says, so the Lord gave Israel all the land that he had sworn to give their ancestors. And they took possession of it and settled there. And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as He had sworn to their ancestors. And not one of their enemies withstood them. And the Lord gave all their enemies into their hands. Verse 45 And not one, how many? Not one of the Lord's good, of His what? To Israel failed. Every one, how many? Was fulfilled. They delayed. They denied and they doubted. But God said, because I said it, it will come to pass. My God, that's freedom in this house tonight. For the person that feels like you're struggling through this thing called faith, can I encourage you and tell you that you don't have to always get it right. You don't always have to look the part. You don't always have to have it all cleaned up and pretty because there is something that happened on a hill called Calvary where a man that was 100% man, but 100% God, he was Jesus, God in the flesh, the deity of God, the anointing of God, the Christ, sent him among us. He stretched out his arms and he said, it is finished. In other words, there's nothing I could ever do, nothing I could ever say to make God love me any more than way he does. Because God, when he looks at me, looks at me through the blood of Jesus man, to the person that doesn't always get it right, to the person that's doubted God and delayed and, and denied even at times, God is saying, it's already finished. I am watching over your life to perform what I have spoken. I said what I said, and I don't recant on my word. Joseph had a prophetic promise that Israel was headed to a land flowing with milk and honey. And he was determined even on his deathbed saying, I may die trying, but I'm not staying here. If you're taking notes, the first attitude of faith, the number one thing that you need to understand about faith is the first attitude is a refusal to stay where you are. There has to be an attitude inside of you that says, I cannot stay here. I, I don't know where here is right now for some of you, but I do know this: that God is not in, not not promised you here. I believe, according to Hebrews eleven, the hall of faith, as they call it, where it talks about the great uh, patriarchs of faith. It, it talks about Moses and it talks about Noah, willing to swing a hammer in face of the naysayers. It talks about it talks about Rahab. it, it talks about Joseph, but it talks about a man by the name of Abraham, and the Bible says and Abraham not knowing where he was going journey to a land afar off my God I'm so glad that God didn't say you got to know where you're going all you got to know though is you're not staying here if you're gonna have an attitude of faith you got to realize that many times here is the enemy of your destiny I don't know where here is but I can tell you this If you're not feeling fulfilled in your faith, then what you're doing today is not working. Oh, you didn't catch that. See, faith without works is dead. You don't get to stay here, do nothing, and expect the blessing, providence, and provisions, and promises of God to come flying into your life. Because it'll never be a walk of faith that you just fall into. It'll be something that you obediently have to carry out. It'll be something that you'll have to step out of boats. You'll have to journey to lands afar of off. You'll have to swing hammers in the midst of a drought and tell everyone I'm building a boat. You'll have to let down a scarlet cord just because you heard the word of God in your life. You'll have to get up and, and go and journey and, and travel. And you'll have to go and do even when it looks crazy. But you've got to come to a realization that you can't stay here. You can't stay here. Here's attitude. Here's faith. And here today is not where God has purposed you for. There is something greater on the horizon. There's a greater calling. you got to realize that you are somebody that is going to do something great for God, even if it is someday. But God's finger is always pointed towards your future. Hebrews eleven and twenty two said by faith Joseph when he was in his when his end was near spoke I want you to catch that word he spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones Genesis fifty he gathers the children of Israel around he says I'm telling you God shall surely visit you that where you are right now is not your future there is coming a land flowing with milk and honey. Can I speak to some people's faith right now that you feel like you're in a spiritual Egypt? You're under the suppression of an evil ruler. You feel like the enemy is always speaking in your ear and throwing another brick on your shoulder. Can I speak to the person that's here that tonight that, that you feel like God has a great plan for your family, but you're tired of watching them be whipped by the suppressors? You're tired of watching your children get beat down and beat up and, and In the spirit, can I tell you that there is a land that is coming. It's flowing with milk and honey. It's not here, but there is a journey ahead of us that God has promised. Joseph spoke a prophetic utterance from where he was to where he was going. Even if I die here, don't leave my bones, he said. See, faith that refuses to stay where you are says, I may die trying here, but I will not die and stay here. The second attitude of faith is the faith that says, I'll fight for it. Come on. See, 1 Timothy 6 and 12 said, fight the good, fight of faith. You can stop right there and shut it down. Fight of the good fight of faith if you're going to be in a faithful walk you're going to be in a fightful walk oh come on you're going to have to war from some things in the spirit if god promised you to it don't think that the enemy's just going to allow you to walk away with it Some of y'all got a prophecy about your marriage. Oh, God's about to bless your marriage. It's just going to be incredible. And all of a sudden, you faced hell in your marriage. Some of y'all got a word about your job. Oh, God's about to promote you in the business. Say, oh, you're going to be in the business, in the marketplace. I just see God elevating you. You go to work the next day, and you're fired. Your position has been terminated. Oh, y'all don't think this stuff's real. See, because what's going to happen is when the word is spoken, the prince of the power of air is going to begin to wrestle. My God, he's going to begin to wrestle over that word to see if he can have it or if you're going to take possession of it by faith. Because you got to war sometimes for some things that God has spoken over you. Oh, don't worry. There's, there's an analogy coming. There's an analogy. The promises of God are given, but there must be a warrior mentality that says, I will fight you for it if I have to. Numbers 13 talks about one that was able to go into the promised land, but yet he had some fight in him. Numbers 13 and 28 says, but the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. And we even saw the descendants of Anak there, talking about giants. And the Amalekites live live in Negev, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan. Then Caleb... Silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. See, Caleb had some fight in him. See, out of all the 12 spies that were sent in the land, there was, there was one amongst them that had a different spirit about them that, that where they saw something they could be fearful of, Caleb said, I'm going to be faithful to it. I'm going to believe what God has said. I'm going to believe what God has spoken. And let me tell you something, if you don't ever want to walk in a, in, in a walk of faith, just get you around some people that don't believe like you believe. See, there's a sermon in that where it says, and Caleb silenced the people. Some of y'all, one of the most anointed things you can say in your circle in this season is shut up. You need to learn to tell people that don't have the measure of faith that you have and sure haven't heard the promise like you have, when they begin to speak negatively about it, when they begin to, my God, I'm teaching, I'm talking, I'm walking in the spirit right now. When they begin to speak against what God has said, you know what Jesus did when a man was back next to him that began to speak against what God had said? Jesus turns to Peter and says, the Lord, get away, rebuke you, Satan. Get thee behind me. Get behind me. In other words, shut up. He silenced them because Peter didn't understand the plan, and he sure didn't understand the promise that was to come. And what you'll find out is you don't need to share your secrets with everyone. woo You don't need to tell everybody what God's telling you. Sometimes you just need to move by faith and look crazy like Caleb and say, oh, you sissies can sit down here, but I'm going to a mountain. I got a land and a hill with my name on it, and I'm going to get it. Numbers 14 gives the account that none of those sorry sapsuckers entered in. That's the King Kyle version. Numbers 14 says, but because my servant, read, read Numbers 14 up to this part, and you'll find out. A bunch of sorry sapsuckers didn't enter in. Numbers 14, God speaking says this, but because my servant Caleb has a... You'll hear more about that Sunday. And follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into a land he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. See... The name Caleb means dog. I want to tell you something tonight that you can take candy from a baby, but you'll never take a bone from a dog. See, a baby will cry and watch you eat his candy. Take it from a dad of three on Easter, be eating her candy. I'm like, I like Reese's too, and they cry, and I'm like, say something. (laughs) Just kidding. I don't blow up on my kids like that unless it's time to discipline them. Anyways, but you can take candy from a baby, but you'll never take a bone from a dog. And see, I fear that the church has sat by like a bunch of babies. And woo and allowed the enemy to come in and take their joy. And when we began to cry, he said, say something. And they flinched up and backed up. He came in and took our prayer life. And when we cried, he bowed up and he came in and took our, our hope. He took our healings. He took the miracles. And all of a sudden, you got a bunch of babies on pews that are whining and crying. But God said, I put a different spirit inside of you, one that will stand up and fight. Matthew 15, let's talk about the spirit of that dog real quick. Matthew 15, 21. It said, In leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And a Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. And Jesus did not answer a word. You could pause right, my God. Mm -mm -mm -mm. If that's not some of y'all in this house tonight. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. My life is falling apart. Jesus answered, not a word. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I've got cancer and the doctors are saying I'm going to die. Jesus answered, Not a word. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I'm a wicked sinner. I'm far from you, God. Please help me. Jesus answered, not a word. So his disciples came to him and they urged him and they said, send her away. She keeps, she keeps crying out after us. And he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel and the woman came and knelt before him and said Lord help me and he replied it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the yes it is Lord yes it is Lord even the dogs eat crumbs that fall from the master's table and watch this watch watch this get so good and then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great. Your request is granted, and her daughter was healed at that moment. How many people am I talking to right now that you've got faith and you've prayed, but God never answered and you quit praying? See, but there's something about the dog. Caleb's name means dog. There's something about a dog and the fight of a dog. And Jesus said, Jesus said, I can't take the children's bread and give it to a dog. And she said, but master, even the dog gets the crumb when it falls from the table. See, the spirit of the dog says this, that even enough crumbs will make a cake. I ain't maybe got a whole cake, but you give me a crumb. You give me something that I can taste of the Lord and see that he is good. Some of you quit before you got the crumb, and it's why you ain't got no cake in the oven see this walk of faith will be crumb by crumb from glory to glory from faith to faith you'll never get the whole thing it'll be peace by peace but the spirit of the dog says even enough crumbs make a cake faith that fights understands that see i want to speak to somebody tonight you've got faith but you only got a crumb it may be little but it's loaded it may just be a little glimpse of hope but bless the lord oh my soul is a glimpse of hope. Some of you need, my God, this is a word from the Lord for some of you here tonight. Some of you need to learn to celebrate the little things. Some of you need to give them a big praise, even on small victories, because when you do, he sees how you're faithful with the crumb, and he says, my God, they they need a whole cake. If she celebrated me like that over a crumb, what will she do when I give her the whole miracle? Mm-mm, mm-mm, See, the Bible says if we're faithful with little things, he'll make us rulers of much. See, maybe we haven't been given the cake because we haven't learned how to steward the crumb. Third attitude, and I'm coming to a close. Worship team, you can come on. Third attitude of faith is willing to have a faith, though, that says I'll follow. See, you got to have a faith that says, I refuse to stay here. I may die here, but I still ain't staying here. I'm going to fight with everything i got left in me. And the second attitude of faith is that you got to have a faith that will fight for it. You'll fight forward. You'll fight in spite of. You'll quit being the baby that gets the candy taken from him. And that Caleb spirit, the spirit of that dog that says, you can grab my bone, but I'm going to rip your fingers off if you do. You touch my marriage if you want to, devil. I'll take every knuckle you got on your hand. You touch my finances and I'll, I'll bite you down in the blood of Jesus. You will not. I, there, there, is a, there is a spirit inside of me that says I will not sit back. I will not shut up. I will not sit down. I will continue because the righteous are as bold as a lion. But there's a third. There's a third attitude of faith that says I'll follow. Because what you'll find out is sometimes the mission requires submission. Mm. You know, I believe on that night that Jesus came walking across the water. I don't believe it was Jesus' heart for just Peter to walk on water. There's not a moment in my heart it makes me think that God is any kind of a person. I believe any man that was in that boat that would have been willing to get up, Jesus would have bid them to come on to him too. But see, I believe Peter was a pinnacle for the Spirit of God that night, that when he moved, that other men had the opportunity to follow in his footsteps. And I came to talk to somebody tonight and tell them that your life of faith will never be fulfilled if you try to walk this walk alone. See, Israel could not get to the promised land without the leadership of Joshua. God sent a man for them to follow. People couldn't get there by themselves. God raised up a voice. He raised up a man that would listen and be obedient to God and allow the people to follow in his footsteps. You know the amazing part is, is Joshua's name in the Old Testament is not Joshua. Joshua. Yeshua. Hmm, that name kind of sounds familiar. There's another Yeshua. And this one comes in the New Testament. And he's a Joshua, like unlike you've ever seen before. He loves the unlovable. He helps the hurting. He tends to the wounded. And he leads his people by faith and by saying things like this. Follow me. Follow me. See, Peter had walked in his steps before. And now again, Jesus says, yeah, come. But this time... Peter doesn't walk in the footsteps of the Lord. He walks towards the footsteps of the Lord obediently and instructively by the voice, by the word of God speaking to him. Come, come this way. And I came to tell you tonight that you'll never fulfill this life of faith by trying to do it alone. That there is a Joshua that God has sent and given into your life that's going to speak at times and you're going to have to learn to step and what you'll find out is when he says step you'll begin to walk on waters that men used to fish in but now you're standing on top of it you'll see purpose out of things that you never thought had purpose in them so if I'm going to live this life of faith i got to learn to follow See, the attitude of faith says I don't always need to be in charge. Mm. Listen to me. You ain't ready for a faith walk if you think you always need to be in charge. So who are you going to follow? The First and foremost is you're going to follow Yeshua, Jesus. Because as long as you follow him, you'll never be led wrong. David said your word is a lamp unto my feet from our darkened path who else are you going to follow you're going to follow the leading of his Holy Spirit Jesus said yeah I go but I send a comforter to you I send one to you who you're not even going to need a teacher for because he's going to teach you all things he's going to lead you he's going to guide you he's going to direct you matter of fact he'll be called the great counselor so who are you going to follow You're gonna follow the commands of his word. His word above everything and anything else. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Multiple times throughout scripture We hear things like hearken, obey, walk in accordance to my word. Who else are you going to follow? You're going to have to walk obediently to that still small voice. Some new age people would call it your conscience, it's not your conscience if we are a sheep and he said my sheep know my voice then that tells me that God still speaks there is the logos the written word of God but there is the rhema and it's that of word that'll come late in the, in the midnight hour when you're going through all kinds of trouble. It'll be that still, small whisper. You'll be looking for the flame. You'll be looking for the wind. You'll be listening in the thunder for God to roar a word into your life, a, 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 a word of direction, a word of correction, a word of instruction. But it'll be often in the in late hours of the night that you'll be laying there and your head will be on the pillow. And all of a sudden in your spirit you'll hear a word like, And there'll be a subtle peace that begins to fall and transcend over your life. And you'll know that the God of heaven has stepped in your room. If you're going to live this life of faith, who else are you going to follow? I can tell you that I would not be able to be where I am today had I hearkened the voice of godly leaders that God put in my life. Godly men and women that He placed in my life. To speak the right word at the right time in the right season. See, I understand that in a multitude, that God only chose a few to speak through. And what you've got to trust, if you're going to walk this walk of faith, you've got to trust and believe that God is going to raise up godly men and women in your life that are going to be like Joshua's that you and your zeal, you would run across the Jordan when when it was time to go. But see, Joshua said, hold up fast, pray. In three days we break camp, and when when we go, the priests are going in front of us, and the moment their feet touch the water, the waters are going to stop, and what's uphill is going to stand still, and what's running out is going to run all the way out, and we're going to pass through on dry ground. There was a voice, there was an instruction for the people to follow if you're going to walk and you're going to fulfill this life of faith, you're going to find out that God is going to send godly men and women in your life. When you say, hey, I'm taking this job, and they look at you and say, no, I don't think it's good. i got to check in my spirit. My God, I've I just got to address this really quick. And there's multiple pastors in this house. And I'm not just speaking as a leader for myself. but where is the reverence for the men and women of God? I never put the title of pastor commonly upon anyone because I know the weight, I know the hurt, and I know the process that it takes to get oil out of an olive And my prayer is, in this house, that when men and women of God speak into your life, pastors, teachers, evangelists, whatever, prophetic voices, when they speak, there's a faith that arises, and you do this. You take what they spoke. You match it with Jesus. You take what they spoke, you match it with his word. You take what they spoke, you match it with the Holy Spirit. You take what they spoke, and you match it with what God has spoken personally to you. And if it checks all the boxes, you better get in check. I'm not telling you to just follow men and women blindly, but my God, there needs to be a returning Of honor unto the office of men and women of God that have consecrated, bled, cried, sowed tears to be able to speak into people's lives. Moses wasn't looking for it. Joshua wasn't looking for it. Caleb wasn't looking for it. Elijah wasn't looking for it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John wasn't looking for it. Peter wasn't looking for it. Paul wasn't looking for it. But it found them. He found them and put something on them that none of them could remove. None of them wanted it. But woe was me if I don't preach the gospel. Stand with me all over the house. God is looking for a faith. That will say, I might die trying, but I'm going on. He's looking for a faith that says, I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. I'm done with having things just taken from me. When God said it, I'll war for it. And he's looking for a faith that says, I'll follow.